0: Remain standing. Remain standing. Grab your Bible if you have it very quickly. My God. Turn it to Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse number 18. Nehemiah 2 and 18. It's good to see you all in the house of the Lord. Amen. bunch of blessed people. Hallelujah. It's good to know God has his people. The amazing thing is that we're everywhere. God has his people everywhere, situated, divinely placed. Amen. I'm grateful. Hallelujah. When you have it, shout amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. You guys gearing up for the fast? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me just read the text. Let me read the text. We'll chat. Amen. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord says this so. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. Has his hand been good to you? As also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. This is Nehemiah speaking. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. HPC, this is a good work. Next verse. But when Zambalat, the Huronite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem, the Arabian, heard it, they laughed us to scorn. Isn't that something? Just when you decide you're going to build something for God, Here come these haters. Can I help you in here in 2019, make sure you use your elevators, your haters as elevators. Amen. I've been saying that for years, but it's still good. Amen. Watch this. They laughed us. They mocked us. They laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that ye do? They're going to ask you. Will you rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. I wish somebody would just say that. Hallelujah. Say it by faith if you have to. He will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants. Talking about us, church. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. This is God's work. I want to talk to you for a little while under the subject uncommon builders. Uncommon builders. This is the year of the uncommon, and God is looking for some uncommon builders. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, bless your word. Minister to your people in a powerful way. I thank you for it now in advance in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're talking about Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a builder. Nehemiah, by profession, is a cupbearer. But let me just submit to you that he is a cupbearer to the king who has been positioned and set, watch this, number one, by the favor of God. And number two, by the foreknowledge of God. Number one, by the favor of God. Number two, by the foreknowledge of God. And what I'm trying to say by that is that he has been divinely placed for a desired purpose. Divinely placed for a desired purpose because your God, watch this, is both Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. He's so powerful, watch this, that he sees the end from the beginning. God has seen you come out of stuff you haven't even got into yet. Watch this, he, he is bigger than time because he made time. He's so big, time is in his hands. He made time for you to dwell in, but he stands outside of time in a place called eternity. He's so big that with one glance, he can see your yesterday, your today, and your tomorrow. He is God. So when I submit to you that this man, hallelujah, is not just placed by the favor of God. He is divinely placed For a desired purpose of God. Never underestimate. Misdiagnose. Overlook. Or despise where you are right now. Never despise your place of service at this point in your life. Because what you may not know is that you have been divinely placed for a desired purpose. There is a reason That you are where you are. Are you hearing this preacher? David ends up in the courts, watch this, of King Saul, watch this, at a certain point in his life to service him with his harp. And he's playing songs before a throne one day he would sit upon. I said he's servicing, playing songs before a throne he would one day sit upon. So let me just give you my first point very quickly on today. Here it is. Hallelujah. Serving provides opportunities for exposure. I said serving provides opportunities for exposure. I will submit to you that Nehemiah, watch this, has been placed divinely by God because God is exposing him. I will submit to you as it pertains to David that it wasn't his slinging, his slinging, watch this, but his willingness to serve that brought him into the royal courts. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Hallelujah. I will submit to you also that God often will will employ your lesser gifts for, watch this, learning that is necessary That is going to make you effective when it's time to use your greater gift. God, have mercy in this place. Are you following what I'm saying? And so, watch this exposure positions you uh, in the seat of learning while you're waiting. Mm. Exposure, watch this, positions you in the seat of learning. While you are waiting. So Nehemiah is going to be a skilled leader. But right now he has to be a servant learner. He is being exposed. Can I submit to somebody in this place that your lack of exposure is tied to your lack of service. Because exposure is usually wrapped up. Watch this now. In service. If you're in this place shall glory. And Nehemiah's position as a cupbearer is a favored one. It is a position of exposure. Oftentimes we're so busy and preoccupied looking for a perfect door, we miss our moment. Looking for a perfect door. And what you don't understand is that most often God uses imperfect openings. I said he uses imperfect openings hallelujah many of the opportunities and situations that will bring you the most advancement watch this in your life will not be glamorous will not be very appealing to the eye as a matter of fact sometimes it'll be complicated and just flat out unattractive are you in this place you might look at a cupbearer and say I don't want that job because you know what a cupbearer did A cupbearer's responsibility was to taste the drink and the food of the king before he ate it to make sure nobody poisoned it. So if the food was poisoned, he ate it first. And we knew if the king could eat it, as long as he remained alive. And so you look at that position and say, "That that don't look like something I want to be a part of. But it is a favored position. It was considered one of great benefit and favor because it gave you access to the king. Uh, And Nehemiah was going to need that access. Are you in this place? Now when you look at the exposure that he's getting in the person of the king, understand that that king is not perfect. He's not even considered a God-fearing king. He is a Persian king. Are you here? In other words, he's not the perfect example of godly leadership, which leads me to my second point. I'm gonna help somebody in here. Exposure brings wisdom through contrast. Exposure brings wisdom through contrast. You think that God is limited in who he can use to teach you something. God, help me in this place. If I had time, I would take you to the book of Luke, the 16th chapter and verse number 8, hallelujah, where you find an an odd parable where Jesus talks about a crooked manager. Watch this now. And he praises the crooked manager. He's crooked and he gets praised. And I say, hold on a minute. Why are we praising this crooked manager? And, And Jesus, and I'm paraphrasing, hallelujah, pretty much says, because this guy knows how to take care of himself, unlike my people. He said, and sometimes the children of darkness are wiser than the children of light. In this, you're looking at me funny, so I gotta read it. I gotta read it because I don't want nobody saying I'm made up stuff. Let me read it to you in the message Bible because I thought it was the most powerful. Watch what it says: Luke 16, verses 8 and 9. Hear this. Now, here's a surprise: the master praised the crooked manager. Why? Because he knew how to look after himself. Listen to what the message Bible says. Streetwise wise people are smarter in this regard than law abiding citizens. They are on a constant alert. Looking for angels. Surviving by their wits. I want you to be smart in the same way. But for what is right. Using adversity to stimulate you to creative survival. To, to concentrate your attention on the bare essentials. So you'll live really live and not complacently just get by on good behavior oh my god did you hear what I just said and so watch this this is another perfect illustration of God teaching his people through contrast are you in this place church because watch this sometimes God cannot just let you into a perfect situation so that you can just see the good. He has to let you see the bad so that you can learn for when it's your turn. And then you know, watch this, not just what to do, but what not to do. Because you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And God exposed you to it so that you can learn for when it's your turn. I feel like it's about to be somebody's turn. I don't know who I came for in this place, but you will see God do it several times in the Bible. He exposed a woman named Esther. Watch this, hallelujah, to the palace to train her to eventually develop enough faith in herself and her God to take the risks that were necessary, hallelujah, to save her people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He exposed Moses in the courts of Pharaoh because God understood that one day two million people were gonna need, watch this, leadership after deliverance. Are you in this place? He exposed Joseph as a slave in Egypt so that he could continually develop his gifts because he was gonna rule and save his people from famine. Are you in this place, church? He exposed David in the courts, hallelujah, of bad leadership just to give the man of God an outline so that he could fill in the rest because he was getting ready to rule. Sometimes all God gives you is an outline and it's up to you to fill out the rest. If you're in this place, shout glory. glory. Can I just submit to you that God has his people everywhere? Ah, I'm so glad. I said he got his people Everywhere and God can turn, watch this, the courts of princes unto, watch this, nurseries for his children to grow ultimately to accomplish his purpose. Are you in this place, church? Mm. And we need, watch this, people of God in sports. We need them in the athletic world. We need them in Hollywood. We need to turn Hollywood to Hollywood. Come on, somebody. God needs some God fearing people in Hollywood. We need them in media. Come on, somebody. We need them in the entertainment business. Hallelujah. I'm looking for some people that will represent me well outside of the four walls of the church. Hallelujah. Oh, let me get to my next point because I got to hurry. Building for God begins with a burden from God. Oh boy. I said building for God begins with a burden from God. Show me Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse number 1 real fast. Hallelujah. Let me show you how this thing gets started. The words of Nehemiah the son of Hakuliah, And it came to pass in the month of Chislu. In the 20th year as I was in Shushan the palace which is a Persian palace. That Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. In other words, the people are vulnerable and susceptible to attack. Amen? And the gates thereof are burned with fire. Now upon hearing the news, watch the result. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down, I wept and mourned certain day, and and before the God of heaven, I was burdened to build. Are you in this place? Woo. Now I said to you a moment ago that Nehemiah was a cupbearer. Your Bible refers to him as a prophet. I think that ha- even his, his, his earthly uh, occupation speaks to his spiritual occupation. Because when you think about a cupbearer, he's the one, watch this, who catches a whiff of what the people are about to indulge in. And determines whether what they're about to indulge in is poisoned. That's what a prophet does. God help me in here. I said, that's what a prophet does. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He has a position that is favorable, but I like his humbleness. Because he doesn't brag about his advancement. As a matter of fact, when he starts talking, you don't hear who he is until the last verse in chapter 1. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because that's how real people of God flow. I don't got to give you my, 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 my resume. When you're really spiritual, you don't got to tell nobody. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. He receives news about the condition of his people, and he begins to sense... A burden. Now, it's interesting who brought this information to him. Because we could read the text very loosely. The Bible refers to him as Hanani. And you just think it's somebody that he knows. But it's not until you read the rest of this book that you get a revelation on who this person is. Hanani, watch this, in Nehemiah 7 and 2, the Bible says about this man, he feared God more than most. Can I help you in here? Be careful who you let inform you concerning the people of God. I said, be careful who you allow to inform you concerning the people of God. The reason this person can inform Nehemiah is because, watch this, he had an uncommon devotion. He feared God more than most, which makes him a person who tells the truth. And when he speaks the truth about God's people, he doesn't bash God's people. He speaks truth and he speaks it tenderly. Are you in this place? Not everybody that's talking about God's people is a true source. I said, Not everybody that's talking about God's people is a true source. If you want to make sure that what you're hearing is good, check their devotion. I said, Check their devotion. Hallelujah. Because if they're God fearing more than most, then you can listen to that individual. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. Another thing I noticed about him that's interesting concerning what we just read is that he lives in comfort in the palace. He lives in comfort, but he can't shake the thoughts of his companions. Can I help you in here? Can God bless you and you not forget where you came from? I said, can God bless you? And you not forget where you came from. Because some of us are delivered and some of us made it out. And it's almost like we forgot where God delivered us from. And now we got the nerve, hallelujah, to not want to touch somebody who was where we got delivered out of. Mm. Watch this. He's not there in person, but he has visited in spirit. And the distance from them, watch this, has not alienated him from his affections for them. They're out of sight, but they're not out of mind. He is burdened by the condition of his people. Do you care about your brother, your fellow brother, and your sister, and how they are doing in the Lord? You know what's amazing to me? He did not settle in Jerusalem When he heard, watch this, liberty being proclaimed and the people coming back from exile with permission to rebuild. He stood in the king's courts because we need some people to represent God outside the church. Y'all not saying nothing in here. Hallelujah. And he might not even have known why he was compelled to stay at the moment. But he will as the story unfolds and you will as well. As we look at it, hallelujah. But here's the truth. Israel's walls are torn down. Watch this. They have no protection. They are vulnerable and they don't have the resources to build. So understand that your God is not limited in who he will use to fund your project. I said, God, help me in here. I said, God is not limited in who he will use to fund your project. You're looking for your blessing in the church, but God can use a heathen to bless you if he wants to. Are you hearing... What I'm saying, in a matter of fact, your Bible says that, watch this, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just. Hallelujah. That blesses my soul. All I got to be interested is in pleasing God while somebody else stores up what I'm going to need in the near future. And it's just a matter of time before there's a transfer. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Woo. They made some progress. But they needed protection. Amen, somebody. Every Jerusalem, apart from the heavenly Jerusalem, will have some defects that require help from friends. You ain't. And God's not limited in who he will use. Oh, because building for God requires first a burden from God. Amen. He wept, he mourned, he fasted, and he prayed. I like this guy. Their shame became his shame. Their sin becomes his sin. Watch this. He didn't even sin. But when he goes to God, he goes to God on behalf of everybody. Because he knows that God views us as one. So he says, we have sinned. That's a leader. Someone who takes responsibility. We have sinned, God. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. He says, hear this prayer, oh God, and give me success today and favor with this man. Talking about the king. He said, I know now and I'm starting to see why I'm still here. You have exposed me, watch this, to leadership because you're getting ready to send me to lead. And you want to use this individual to help fund the project. So I need favor not just with you God but with man. And not just a godly man, man. Oh God. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Ooh, now you got to understand what he's I got to move. You got to understand what he's asking for here. Because if you know your Bible like I do, we're talk, Nehemiah's story talks about the walls being rebuilt. But Nehemiah cannot really be talked about without Ezra. They're, they're, they're a tandem, amen. These two books usually go together. Ezra talks about the rebuilding of the temple. The rebuilding of the temple gets done first. And now the temple is rebuilt. This is what I meant by they've experienced progress, but they don't have no protection. Because the temple is built, but there's no walls, amen. And listen, God rescued this temple, but you need spiritual walls. I said, you need spiritual walls or you will be susceptible to attacks. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And those walls will protect your temple. If you're in this place, shout glory. So watch this. It is this same king who, through an edict, is the one who who favored the people of God to start the building project in the first place in Ezra chapter 4. But watch this now. In Ezra chapter 7, that same king changed his mind. Through the influence of enemies, he changes his mind and orders, watch this, the building to stop in Ezra chapter 7. So understand what Nehemiah is asking for. He needs favor because he's getting ready to ask a king who's not supposed to be changing his mind to change his mind again. And if you understand anything about kingdoms, when a king says something, that was it. Put it in the bank. They're not supposed to change their mind or it takes away from their own credibility. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So Nehemiah is asking for favor because I need this guy who already changed his mind once to change it again. And you have to understand that if he comes to the king, the king could easily interpret what he's saying as him saying it's his fault that the people are in that condition in the first place because it came from an edict right from the throne. So he could easily say, you mocking me, boy? In other words, if you catch the king on a bad day, Nehemiah, you could not only lose your job, <laughs> you could lose your life. So he said, God, I need favor with the king. And so you know what he does? He prays. He fasts. He weeps. He seeks God. In other words, he consecrates. In other words, hallelujah, he's saying to himself, I need something tomorrow, I have to consecrate about today. I need something tomorrow, I have to consecrate about today. Show me my next point. The greatest investment you can make for your tomorrow is to sanctify yourself today. Today. I said the greatest investment you can make for tomorrow is sanctify yourself today. I don't know what you're believing God for this year. Hallelujah. But the best investment you can make is in some prayer and in some fasting right now in January. Right now in the beginning of the year. I dare you give God a tithe of your time. A tithe of your prayer. A tithe of your fasting to set you up for the rest of the year because you're going to need favor. Show me Joshua 3 and 3 and 3. It's one of my favorite portions of scripture by the way. Watch this. And they commanded the people saying, this is Joshua getting ready to take the people of God over the Jordan into the promised land. Amen. So watch this. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Let me put that to you, put it for you very simply. When you see God move, that's when you move. The Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. When you see me move, you move. Move when I move. Move when I'm not moving and that's going to be troublesome. So you got that, right? Move when God moves. Next verse. Yet there shall be a space between you and it. Don't get ahead of God. There should be a space between you. Stay behind it. Let him lead. You follow. Don't get ahead of God. Amen. Watch this. About 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it. Why? That you might know the way by which you must go. Oh, I love this part right here. For ye have not passed this way before. I'm getting ready to take somebody into uncommon territory. Who am I preaching to in here? I'm about to take somebody into territory that's uncommon. So because of that, you need to do, verse 5. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, watch this, for tomorrow. You're going to need something tomorrow, you have to prepare for today. You're going to see something tomorrow, you have to get ready for today. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders. Does anybody believe it in here? No, no, no. Do you really believe it? Because if you really believe it, you will begin to get ready today for what you're believing God for tomorrow. Hallelujah. So as difficult as it is to consecrate fast, separate yourself, set yourself to the side. I'm going to do it because I'm believing that I'm going to see the wonders of God tomorrow, which means in the near future. Do I got a church in here? Separate yourself. Now, can I help you with that? Because being set apart, you know, being holy means to be set apart, separated, right? But that does not mean alienate yourself from the world you're supposed to affect. That does not mean alienate yourself from the world you're supposed to affect. Because sometimes we read the Bible and we read it loosely. And we could be misled, hallelujah. Because at one moment you read a verse that says, do not be a friend to this world. Amen. And then you read another verse that says go into all the world. And so you're like, so which one is it? Do I stay away from the world or do I go into the world? Because one verse is saying do not be a friend of the world. The other verse is saying go into all the world making disciples. But watch this, hallelujah. It's, it's about proper placement. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When the Bible says, watch this, not to conform to this world, it's not talking about people per se. It's talking about the patterns of this world, the systems of this world, the lifestyle of this world. And so you don't alienate yourself from people? In other words, watch this, I understand that why I'm not to become friends with the world, that doesn't mean that the world is not my assignment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. The Great Commission is all about going into all the world. Oh, if you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. You know, as a matter of fact, being holy and sanctified is what makes you effective in a fallen world. Did you just catch what I said? See, the problem with many of us, watch this, is that we don't talk enough about consecration. And the people who are talking about consecration don't know what they're talking about. Because they limit consecration to simply being dress codes. And shunning people. And rituals. You don't hear what I'm saying in this place. So watch this. We're in this world. But we're not of the world. But we're in the world. So the power in being in. And not of is not detachment. It's proper placement. Because if all you're going to do is totally detach yourself from the world, why are you here? Why did Jesus leave you here? Why? why let's just all become monks and hit the mountains how can the kingdom come in if all you're concerned with is getting out are you in as a matter of fact can I help you in here God sanctifies you so he can send you I'm gonna preach to myself hallelujah God sanctifies you so he can send you are you hearing this preacher If you're blessed in here, shout glory. You know, one of the things I love about my God is that he's never had a problem working with dirt. I said, my God has never had a problem working with dirt. As a matter of fact, just in case you need a reminder, you were made from that stuff. He may, and, and watch this, he spoke everything else into existence until it came to making you. When it came to making you, he didn't have a problem getting his hands dirty. Ah, I love him and I praise him today because he was never afraid to touch the dirty places of my life. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to thank him right there. Hallelujah. I love him because he is a potter. He, he's, a, he's the kind of potter that puts his hands on the clay. And it doesn't even matter if the clay is marred and is a mess in his hands. He doesn't dispose of it. He keeps his hands on it and he remakes it. He reshapes it and makes it again another vessel. Do I got anybody in here who has been made over by the hands of the potter? Give him some praise with your hands in this place. How can you help fix what you're afraid to touch? God's talking to somebody in here. How are you afraid to fix? How how, how are you going to help fix what you're afraid to touch? Can I be real in here? If you are sanctified but not sent, you are religious. I I don't care. I'll say it again. If you are sanctified and not sent, you are religious. And Jesus had no tolerance for it, and neither do I. If you're in this place, shout glory. Glory. Ooh, Jesus. Let me get to my next point, because I'm almost out of time. Oh, God. We can't gather in the name of a God we do not talk to. Because I'm not even questioning your singing. I heard you a little while ago. You sing real good. But do you talk to him? Because we can't just continue to gather in the name of a God that we don't talk to. Oh, I'm losing my amens, God, at the end. That wasn't the way I planned it. But that's the way it's coming. Uh, God, have mercy in this. you got to Pray. Listen, I'm going to focus on prayer with the little bit of minutes I have left. And then Wednesday, I'm going to focus the whole teaching on fasting. Now, if you need information on fasting, go on our website, highplacechurch.com. We put up a load of information about the fast on the website to inform you. So I got you covered. All right? Just in case I don't get to talk a lot about it on today. Amen? You've got to pray. Let me say it again. You've got to pray. I'm too busy. You too busy not to pray. Are, Are you following what I'm saying? And you got to pray, watch this now, pass the list of all the things that rise up when you begin to do it until you press into the spirit. And now if you're visiting here, I know that was a whole mouthful. So let me say it one more time. Hallelujah. Listen, you have to press your way. Pass the list of the things that rise up within you when you decide to pray. I'm going to give you an example. Uh, And push through that until you tap into the Spirit. So watch this, hallelujah. I need some real people now. Because when you make the decision to pray, which is not easy. Because you didn't get up in the morning excited about prayer. You, 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 you have to discipline yourself to pray. And discipline takes work and determination. And when you discipline yourself enough, what you do becomes habitual. But you have to discipline yourself, right? So you just don't get up excited to do it. So when you do decide to do it, all of a sudden, stuff starts rising up out of you. Watch this. I'm going to pray. And you get down and start doing it, boredom rises up selfishness rises up watch this unbelief rises up doubt is he really hearing me rises up lust thoughts you're not talking back to me go ahead and leave me up here thoughts by myself start rising up watch this and you think they're coming to discourage you from praying but what if I told you that the thoughts are coming out because he's coming near God help me in here did you hear you didn't hear what I just say hallelujah I'm talking what I know, hallelujah. What what you don't understand trying to encourage somebody when you get to praying is that, watch this, I know you got them on the inside, but I'm talking about the manifest tangible presence of God, hallelujah. When you decide to pray, all this stuff starts rising up because as you're pushing through, he's coming near and when your God starts coming near, all that stuff can't stay there, so it starts coming out, hallelujah. Don't get discouraged, press through until so you get in the presence. And once you get in. If anybody knows like I do. You don't want to come out. <laughs> do I got a church in here. Who knows a little something about prayer. <laughs> Woo! I'm going to submit to you. That seeking God. Stocks you. For your assignment. I said seeking. You don't hear me see listen I'm a preacher and I'm gonna submit to you that seeking God stocks you more than a sermon seeking God will stock you more than a prophet speaking over you my God is a rewarder God help me in him of them who diligently seek him hallelujah you can go after man's reward or you can go after God's reward hallelujah I don't know about you, hallelujah, but I like what he told Abraham. He told Abraham, I am your great and exceeding. I got to finish. I'm preaching myself happy up here. Woo. You know, I'm a little concerned. Can I be transparent in here? I'm a little bit concerned with this hyper grace message that I'm hearing. Now, Please. I'm a grace preacher. I preach grace. You are saved by grace through faith, not by works. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. In other words, you had nothing to do with your salvation. You can't save yourself. You ain't good enough. There isn't anything you could do to earn heaven. So you have to trust in what he did on the cross understanding that that was a finished work and put your faith in what he did so watch this I didn't get saved by works I got saved by grace through faith amen and so I understand that if works didn't save me works don't necessarily keep me saved but it did say grace through faith faith meaning belief and I'm just of, the, of the, the, the affluence that leans toward a continual belief. Not just a one-time belief. But I didn't come here to talk theology. What I came to say really is that I'm a little concerned with the message of grace. I'm hearing preach, watch this, that condones not seeking God. Hear what I'm telling you. Because I've heard it preach. Where, watch this, they'll say something that's true but not complete. And they'll say something like, watch this, you cannot add to what God has done, which is true. And you cannot make God love you more. And I understand I cannot make God love me more. Amen. I understand that he loved me when I was a mess. You missed a good place to shout right there. Right, I understand that he loved me when I was a mess. And so watch this. While I understand that praying and fasting doesn't make him love me more, I do understand that praying and fasting makes me more like him. Are you following what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. And so I'm never going to preach in a way that discourages somebody from praying and fasting. Because you assume, hallelujah, that it ain't going to change anything. The devil is a liar. Hallelujah. I'm not buying that message because the New Testament is riddled with scriptures about fasting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Beginning with Jesus who said, when you fast. Not if you fast and not maybe if you fast. When you fast, because I'm expecting you to fast. I'm waiting on you to fast. I'm trying to hurry. Are you blessed in here, church? And so because he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, why wouldn't I diligently seek him? The reward is that you become more like him. And so watch this, hallelujah. I'm not trying to get him to love me more. I'm trying to get me to look more like him. So I can walk like him. Talk like him. Act like him. Touch people like him. Speak like him. Have the power. Oh. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Listen. Give God your day. Let him lead it so your flesh don't steal it away. I said, give God your day. Let him lead it. See, the 9 a.m. didn't get this. This extra. (laughs) So that your flesh don't steal it away. See, you keep acting like you have time. But time is something you will not get back. Let me make it plain for you. January 6, 2019. After today, you will never see again. So you either, let, you either give it to God, let him lead it, or let your flesh steal it away. I don't know about you, but I'm getting too old to waste days. Uh, we want to walk in the Spirit's leading rather than just needing God. To help us escape flesh traps and sex traps and porn traps and greed traps and lust traps. You don't hear me in here. We can gather in the name of a God. We don't talk to God, I gotta close. Couples should pray. Uh-oh. Married couples should pray together. You know, one of the things that's taken up most of my time in 2018 is marriage counseling. And I believe, this is just me, let me vent for a minute. I just believe that the reason a lot of marriages are in need of counseling is because the last time they saw the altar together was at their wedding. I ain't saying you don't pray. When was the last time you were at the altar together? I done lost all the little bit of amens I had left. Hallelujah, God. Can I give you another truth? I'm just being transparent today. Can I give you another truth? People who pray rarely have people who pray praying for them. I know what people who pray rarely have people who pray praying for them. Because a lot of people assume that because you pray, you don't need prayer. If I had time, which I don't. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about putting on the whole armor of God and concludes by saying, watch this, praying all prayers. all, All kinds of prayers. Watch this. And then being watchful of the saints. You need people praying for you. And then in verse 19, Paul says, and then pray for me. The best thing a leader could do, hallelujah, is ask the people of, that he's leading to pray for him. He said their boldness would be granted to me and doors open so that I can share the mystery of the gospel. God will open doors for your preacher if you pray for him. And so I'm not going to sit up here and act cute and act like I don't need prayer. I need you to pray for me. I feel those prayers. I covet those prayers. I'm going to have to close with this thought right here. Give me the next one. God, help me. I've been preaching 17 years. I'm still happy. I love God's word. Watch this. You better hear this right here. Prayer brings healing to your joy. I need somebody who knows what I'm talking about. Nehemiah put it like this the joy of the Lord (laughs) is. my strength hallelujah do i got anybody in here that can testify that in 2018 you went through some stuff that assaulted your joy and tried hallelujah to zap you god help me in here of the joy of the lord in your life i got a prophetic word for somebody in this place who did not allow it To affect your joy, but instead you used it to enhance your joy. I hear God saying to somebody in this place, now I'm filling your joy for your journey. I'm filling your joy for your journey. For where I'm taking you, you've never been. And you're going to need the joy of the Lord to sustain you while you build. So that like Nehemiah, you can say the joy of the Lord. Is my strength. If you're not tired, shout glory. Uh oh, that's not everybody. If if you ever led, if you ever worked at any leadership capacity, I'm just being transparent today. I don't know why. There is an inherent sadness that arises in a person with much responsibility. That the enemy will love nothing more but to increase and get you to assume that God's call for your life was supposed to be sad and laborious. But I hear God telling somebody in this place, don't let your call affect your joy. Because Satan is going to purposely send people around you that is going to make you feel sad and laborious. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I hear God saying, but remember that your joy is your responsibility. I said it's your responsibility. Some of you have been in pain so long, laughing makes you feel guilty. Somebody knows what I'm talking about in this place. And I hear God saying, I'm healing your joy for a complex work you're going to have to navigate through. Who am I? Who did I come for on this new year? I'm going to skip this and land the plane. I'm going to land the plane. Let me land the plane. Show me the last one. Oh, God, that's a bomb. Listen, if prayer isn't absolutely necessary to accomplish your plan, your plan is not big enough. I said, if you ain't going to need God, it ain't God. Listen to it. If, your pra- if prayer isn't absolutely necessary to accomplish your plan, your plan is not big enough. I would dare say your plan is not of God. Because God's assignment is always going to require God's assistance, because it's too big for you. Oh, are you in this place? What man? Okay, I called this uncommon builders. You could play something. I'm done. Watch this. I called it uncommon builders. What made this story uncommon was the amount of time it took the job to get done. How many of you know this story? Listen, what it took people years to attempt and not accomplish, Nehemiah accomplished in 52 days. Hear what I'm saying. In 52 days, he rebuilt the cities around the whole, he rebuilt the walls around the whole city of Jerusalem in 52 days. The Bible says because God's hand, was upon him. That's what you need for whatever building project you take on. Whether it's a physical building project like J-Ball has before them right now. You hear what I'm saying? Or a spiritual building. Listen, listen, listen. And you're amazed. Everybody was amazed. 52 days. Couldn't be done. The enemies were like Man can't do that, except God be with him. But watch this, watch this, watch this. You see the 52 days of work in public, but you don't see the four months of foundational prayer in private. Remember, watch this. He prayed, he fasted, he wept, the Bible says, many days. From the moment he received the news to the day he got the opportunity to stand before the king was four months. Four months of preparation to do a quick work. See, the problem with many of us, why we can't finish, can't finish strong, can't finish fast, is because we're building with weak foundations. We're not putting in more in private to see fast results in public. Four months. He said, I sat. See, you don't, you don't understand what a burden is because he said, I sat. I was so burdened, my legs buckled. My knees began to shake. And I sat and I mourned and I wept. I prayed and I fasted because I needed an opportunity and my my consecration brought about an opportunity Are you hearing this preacher? Ooh. You know people in the world today are trying to relieve They're stressed through entertainment. Yeah. But entertainment don't bring strength. And entertainment don't bring solutions. Prayer brings strength. Prayer brings solutions. And let me say this, and I'm dropping this mic. God will permit fruitlessness to expose your need for total dependence. God will not let you bear fruit on purpose to expose your need for total dependence on Him. Are you in this place, church? Sometimes a concern comes on you in a moment and it's gone in a flash. That's not a burden. That's a feeling. When it's a burden from God, it comes and it won't leave. No matter what. even you, You'll try to shake it and cannot. When it's a burden from God, it will not just stay, it will grow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Until the problem that prompted the prayer fixes. The situation does something about it. Are you blessed, church? Are you really blessed, church? And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be in Nehemiah. And I'm going to show you, hallelujah, how this man builds uncommonly. But the secret is his prayer life. Seven times you're going to see him pray in his book. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so are you blessed on today? If you're blessed by the word, come on, give God a real good praise.